Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 176. Today's episode begins a new arc in our series, Echoes of Invasion. Set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. This is Look Who's Coming to Dinner. Trick and Heppa host a dinner for Maeve and Dame Terwain at the Parting Glass. As at any typical gathering of relatives for a fancy meal, tempers run hot during discussions of politics and family history. This arc contains spoilers for the Battle for West North campaign, Eastern Invasion. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. So while today's adventure is going to begin with dinner at the parting glass, today's session is going to begin with a review of the Dramatis Personae. Who have you met in this town and who are they? You have met various members of the Manu. You have met the captain of the guard, Maeve, also known as Trick's mother. You have met Alric, he is the barkeeper of the Parting Glass, and Catchin referred you to him. He is a member of the Manu. Also, his uncle, Damal, who is an apothecary, and also writes really tiny. He does not like magic. Yeah. <laughs> and Circe's the blacksmith in town. Circe's is also a Manu, and he fought with the army, like Maeve did. And then in this town, you met another person who is of Manu descent, but she's not of South Tower, and that is Dame Turwain of the Horse Clans. So that's who you know Manu-related. In this town, you have also met some other personages. There was the delightful fencer Guafalin. There was Raisa, the white mage that Hepa had some long conversations with regarding human magic. And Raisa's superior, Sethwick, showed up. You also met Heleth, who is a waitress. At with a very weird name. <laughs> at the parting <laughs> glass. And in conversation with Trick, Trick gathered that Heleth might have a side job separate from waitressing that involves sneaking, or at least talking to people who sneak. Or breaking into an out-of-house flight. Possibly. You also met a juggler, who I've given the name Iphen to. You've met some other archers and the game warden, the game warden Sneed. The archers, uh, you didn't really interact so much with the one who actually won, but you did interact with the poacher, Irrigan, and Trick extended his social network, giving Irrigan leads to do business with Connie and Marvin, and Irrigan told Trick where the entrance to the tunnels is on this end, the tunnels that pass by Dunbin and come up in the Estmark Hills. Hepa met an archaeologist named Ulf, who defeated her in the duel. But I remembered his name, but I didn't. don't know why I didn't remember he was an archaeologist. Because he's a fighter in my mind. Yes. Uh, you asked if he was a professional fighter, and he said no, but it's important to be able to defend yourself. Right. And he told you that he uh, was interested in ruins and things like that. Uh, he told you he was from Halstead originally, but he also name-dropped a whole lot of locations that will help Hepa have a better understanding of Westnoth. Rockwood, she wrote that down. And and then there's some people that you haven't met, but are big names in town. Owick is the most powerful horse lord. He has a daughter, Meriver, who is buying weapons from dwarves. Gwedri is the earl of this town, and you saw his wife, but you did not meet her. There's also, we haven't seen them, but the, maybe the farmer and his kids so, came to the... Yes, yeah, so Tillon was going to be bringing Muffy... Provided that Gumradok's knees held up, right. uh, they were going to be coming in. Your first day at the fair, you did not run into them anywhere, but they are somewhere around. Gumradok served in Gwedri's army. So, those are all the people. I understand that's a lot of people, but at least maybe you'll remember their roles if you don't remember their names. And at the close of our last episode, Trick had arranged both to meet up with his mother at the parting glass in the evening, 
but also to meet up with Terwain in the parting glass in the evening, as Terwain had provided some information about some certain level of discontent among certain of the horse clan. And Terwain was interested in knowing how a Manu grew up in the forest. And that was what she was hoping to, to hear some stories about from Trick. I think Trick is also interested in learning how he was a Manu growing up in the forest. And how did Nasir get involved? That's probably not going to be answered tonight. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Hepa wants to know. It's her own. Ah, Hepa does not know anything of what Trick learned from Maeve, except Trick the, the asked name. Hepa, do you know an Andor? So all Hepa knows is there's some elf guy named Anador, who she heard mentioned at some point, but she can't remember. Yeah. But Trick did not say anything about how Trick is connected to that person. Okay, so I still think Nasir is your father. I mean, Trick still views Nasir as his dad. Andor's just some guy who's got to answer some questions. So then Lex is curious how Nasir got roped into. Yes. Okay. Maybe I should put Anandor with the necromancers. That's where the mystery <laughs> is. It was not Mal Anador. It was just Anador. So you guys finished up your day at the festival. You headed back to the party in glass to be there for dinner time. Yep. Trick, what do you tell Hepa about your plans for the evening? so that Hepa can form her own plans for the evening. Trick has not thought that far ahead. So Trick is, in the moment, thinking of realizing, like, oh, Hepa's, Hepa's going to be here. I haven't explained any of this. Trick asks Hepa, like, hey, my mom, Maeve, she agreed to come to the party in glass tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terwain, who we were cheering for, uh, she's going to be there, too. I don't know if you wanted to join in. Or if you had other plans, I totally understand. I don't have other plans. That would be wonderful. Okay, cool. Uh, they might be talking some politics stuff, too. I don't know if you would find that interesting or boring. I think everything's interesting. Do you not want me there? No, you can... I think you would find it interesting, I suspect. I have a question. The way you have just described this, it sounds like there's one table and everybody's sitting at it. Mm-hmm. Is that how you're imagining this? Yes. Because the way I sold it to Maeve was, oh, so-and-so is meeting us there. You can talk to her. You can interview her as maybe even... Well, how Maeve is looking at it. Okay. Because I... You had been considering the sitcom uh, yeah, 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 yeah. situation. I, I wasn't saying that you had to do that. But when you talked with Maeve, it was not clear that she was going to interview Terwain versus you were going to pump Terwain for information. But this is all things that you will present to these people when they arrive. Then. Yes. If it's easier on the GM for it to be two separate tables, that's also completely The GM does not mind. Your choices will affect how people interact and what information you get from them. Okay. Trick thinks it'd be awesome if it was one table and everyone's having dinner together. Okay. And if they want to hammer out whatever this rebellion business is going on. Well, no, because I'll go into one of the booths with the curtains. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so we should get a booth. So, wait, so Trewain was jousting, was that what she had done? She was jousting, yes. And Trick was cheering wildly for her. And Trick told you that he had tried to use her armor to help him make a shot with his bow. Oh, so she's a friend of your mother's. I don't think she knows her. I think she's a little younger than I am. And there's this horse clan versus not horse clan divide. And did you hit it off so well you want her to meet your mother? Whoa, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this Trewayne? You saw her on the jousting field. She did a really good job. She's got the her banners, got the little waves, like the sand or the plains. And you're inviting her to meet your mother? Oh, is she a buffer? I don't know. I mean, she's Dame Terwain. Or, I don't know. Does Trick know that, actually? Yeah, she was. Oh, because she was introduced as Dame Terwain. Yeah. So I guess technically, yes. I Look, I don't know how the military hierarchy shakes out, but I think if you have a title, that, that beats a rank. Did you ask if she was above her? A buffer. A buffer. A buffer. That's what I thought. I thought you were like I heard above. I was like, oh. What is a buffer in this context? Between me and mom? Yeah. Put some distance? Hepa's just politely trying to figure out who this woman is that you're inviting her to have dinner with your mother. No. She knows who she is. She's a cousin. (laughs) She's from the horse clans. Uh Uh-huh. Which you might recall, Merivere, daughter of Owick, buying lots of weapons on the sly. Part of the horse clans also. She knows something about that? I don't know, maybe. And you you were trying to be on the sly about it, though. I don't want to get too involved. Just the right amount of involved. 
Are you intentionally not mentioning that Turwain is a Manu? Oh, no, I was not intending to avoid mentioning that. Okay. I was just not bringing it up, I guess. No, 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 no that's fine. It's just because Heba's asking questions about Turwain, and right. that is a perhaps pertinent fact, but it's up perhaps. to you whether you communicate it or not. But now she at least knows why she's invited. Yeah. Not that she has a problem with it, but your mother. <laughs> it seems very exciting. Yeah, well, I'm sure mom will be real. I get the feeling the parting glass is not her kind of establishment. What is she like? You know, kind of like your mom in some ways. A little strict, seems. Oh. A little business. Okay. I suspect, like, you don't get to that point in a hierarchy without going through those, those rules. It's like she's in the military her whole life, but probably affect somebody. I don't know. I'm sure she's a lovely woman. Yeah. Maybe. Not like we're you know, we're working on the future now. Future. She's got a lovely horse. I'll tell you that. An amazing shock of white. Did you meet her horse? I don't think I did, but I saw it from a distance. I mean, Hepa saw it as well. Yeah. So you enter the parting glass and as soon as you do, somebody goes Hey, hey, look, everybody, it's Trick Manu. And uh, this guy, this older gentleman with some scars, comes over and, like, slaps you on the back and says, a trick for my friend here. And he's like, oh, are you going to take the stage tonight again? Well, I can't make any promises. Uh, we'll see how how late, if the if the crowd's into it enough, I think. Oh, you know. But if the crowd isn't, isn't into it, well, uh, that's just no fun for anybody, right? Alric takes the uh, house special off the shelf. <laughs> Where's a cup for you and uh, pours something else far more expensive for this gentleman. Uh, hopefully you'll be telling us more about those uh, those horse uh, folk, right? The the ones that live beyond the Bitter Swamp. Beyond, far beyond the Bitter Swamp. Ruled by Master Edward. Oh, don't blow all your material here. Like, well, wait until you're on stage. You know, I was thinking about telling a story of when he was just a young foal. Before he was Master Edward. Mr. Edward? Just Eddie. But we'll see if there's time. And he like pushes the glass into your hand and says, "Oh, one for one for his friend here too." Oh, this is oh, my cousin, you. actually. Thank you. Nice to meet you. And Alaric uh, acquires a drink for Hepa as well, and he is uh, gonna pour you something you haven't had before. So Hepa, <laughs> you're gonna make a resilience check. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is a fun game between us. I don't know if he likes it as much as I do, but yeah. <laughs> Can I get the elf drunk? Yes. He's got a running bet with someone like, I bet I can get that elf to pass out drunk. Just you wait. It's like the equivalent of a fear check at the start of an encounter is the resilience check. And from knowing Albrecht, well, you know, when you give a bartender, like, carte blanche to introduce you to new things, you're going to get introduced to new I things. I mean, right? you explicitly told him you had not been exposed to many human beverages. No, this is amazing. All right, this is only going to be one purple, this resilience check. Let's see how I feel lucky to not put any points into resilience. But I do succeed with one success. Okay, you are drinking mead. Uh-huh. And you have succeeded. It's not going to your head. Right. And you can decide for yourself how much Hepa likes this beverage. It is a fermented honey beverage. Okay. Seems like something that would be very likable. But, of course, Hepa will, will ask about it. And what is it? Yeah, and he'll tell you that it's fermented honey. Oh. Um, and in, in this particular case, it's also mold. So there's like clove, cinnamon, allspice type stuff. Because she'll find that out because she's like, what does that mean, mold? Actually, since it is you and Trick he is talking to, he will tell you that it is a traditional drink of the Manu. Yeah. Are the Manu beekeepers? I'm trying to think of how much... You know that honey comes from bees. That's... So she knows that they're like... From the desert, right? Mm -hmm. So are they traditionally beekeepers as well? I mean, it's a matter of it's harvestable. There's... Alaric tells you that, that he personally has not been to the Sandy Waste. Like, he only has, like, his family's oral history to go by. Right. But it's not like... The Sandy Waste is a pretty... Uh, a marketing term, in his opinion, to keep people away. Okay. Perhaps... Like, it is not quite as dire as you, like, it is not just a giant pile of sand. Like, right. that's not what a desert is. Deserts have plants. Right. Deserts have floodplains. Deserts have animals and things like that. It's not the same type as we have in the plains here or in your forest, but there's flowers. There's things that right. need to be pollinated. And so whether or not there's, like, professional beekeepers, 
versus whether it's a matter of foragers retrieving honeycombs. Right. He's not. He doesn't know about that, but he does know that fermented honey is a traditional drink. So then what Teba learns is really enough about like the landscape, because sandy waste doesn't sound like there's anything. Exactly. But yeah, but you would have to sustain colonies of bees. Unless it's a real, real delicacy. Right. So the point there is, there are plants. There are things. There are flowers. Yeah. It's not the field of blossoms that you see outside here. Right. But that's that's his understanding. Which I will actually ask, since he brings up the sandy waste. It's more of a marketing term. I will point out, this conversation now does not include the gentleman who like got you. Okay. Drink. Like, he's gone back to his mates now that he's gotten some confirmation from you that there's some sort of story that might be coming to mind. <laughs> confirmation is a strong word. I understand that. But that's okay. Um... Triple ask, like, does he know, has anyone been back to the Sandy Waste? Like, or into it to any significant degree that he's aware of? Any of the Hissenham people? Or anyone. There's no, like, regular trade caravan type things that he knows of connecting Westmouth to the Doomfolk on the other side. And the Manu that got cut off from where they lived before, they weren't able to navigate back to right. their proper settlement. It's possible some of the Hissenham people who fled across the Weldon because the armies were coming through, they may have decided after the war to once again try to, to get back to a comfortable home. Right. If that's a question you want pursued, he can send some birds for you. Uh, no, it's not that critical. I will. Or he can include the query on like the next sets of birds going back west. You know what? Sure. Uh, it's definitely not time critical, but... Yes, if anyone has, that'd be interesting. If not, that would actually be more interesting. <laughs> so Chick could be the first. First manner to retrace the sandy wastes. Oh wait, going west, is that where Kachin is? Do you know where Kachin is? I haven't talked with Kachin since he was here months ago. Oh. You have all seen him more recently than I was. When I last spoke with him, he was headed to that Estmark Hills, which sounded like... Maybe that was near your forest, so maybe yeah. that's around where you met him? Yes. Yeah, but he didn't tell us where he was going. I didn't know if he stopped through here. just occurred to me that you might have seen him more recently. No, I, I haven't. But it's possible if he replies back by Adarin, maybe he'll indicate where he is or where he's going. I wonder how far he made it off to. Well, how far can he walk and pick a direction? I'm trying to think if he would... She pulls out her map. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ulrich would volunteer more information than that. Yeah, that's all right. I, at least I, she gets a little bit of a sense of, I think a little bit. She's kind of testing to see a little bit how much is public or private or whatever. Maybe she even says, "I didn't get the sense that." I don't know if he just didn't say where he was going, or if he didn't want us to know or not. Well, he was concerned we might hate his guts, so I suspect that's why he didn't mention it. That would be an interesting theory that the. Dwarves would dislike him so much that we would track him down <laughs> to find him. <laughs> or uh, tell somebody where he went, I suppose. I will remind what you happened down there. I will remind you that Glamour indicated to you guys that necromancy is punishable by death. Yeah. From like the human law perspective. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> death and taxes. Death and taxes. Maybe he's My map is just Wesnoth. Death and taxes. Hepa just considers it a bit, but she doesn't really know like where he's from or anything. Yes, all he told you regarding that was that he was from further west, mm -hmm. and uh, that he was not by any stretch of the imagination from a noble line, and yeah, I think that's all. So yeah, I don't know if like Hepa can't quite tell if he's secretive or not, because she sure could get him talking about information, not necessarily about personal information or whatever, so it was a little hard to tell if he's not going to tell her stuff, because... She asked him a lot of stuff, and he answered a lot. That is true. So, you guys are back early, so I am assuming you're eating dinner here tonight? Yes. Gonna need a table for four, I'm hoping. Table for four? Uh, yes, so, I don't know, you probably weren't out at the festival much today, since you probably had a lot of busy customers at lunch. Uh, Dame Terwain, might be swinging by. I do not know her. Uh, she's... Also, formerly of the Manu, what do people say? They just, they just don't <laughs> talk about it? She's kinfolk? What is... Just because I don't introduce myself as Alaric of the Manu does not mean that I am ashamed of it. It right. just doesn't fit the, the cultural setting. It's meaningless to people around here to tell them that. 
Right. She's another cousin, distant cousin. Okay. Uh, and I hope it's all right if Maeve, captain of the guard, is... Everybody's welcome here. You want to make a perception check? <laughs> I, just, I want to let you know ahead of time. Perception. Oh, look who has one rank here. Against his cool. Uh, red, red, purple. That is a success with two threats. Okay. Clearly, he is trying to, like, maintain his, like, friendly, like, welcoming demeanor. But there's a little bit of, uh, we might need to rearrange a few things tonight. Like... Look, why don't we just start with a booth? That way, no one sees in, no one sees out. All right, you've got two threats here. Yeah, this is gonna... How can I help him do some quick remodeling? What are you thinking? Like, I don't know, if he needs if he needs some coin to quickly shift things around, or he just needs help to quickly okay, find, so like, alternative... You're consuming these threats to inconvenience yourself, as you have to do something for him? Yes. Okay. Because I didn't check with him first. Because he said it's open to everyone. Okay. Which is a position he is maintaining. But I think what that means is you are going to have to help Hellas set up the secondary dining room. Uh, which they don't always have in play. Sure. Is it better if we pay for like the VIP room? Oh, that would be even better. So that's going to cost you though. Like, yeah. This dinner is not covered by your regular room and board. Yeah, no, I understand we're going to say that this is going to cost 10 gold pieces, and you are going to, you are still going to have to help yes, uh, Hellas set it up. So I think that's what I'm going to be doing the rest of the afternoon. Okay. Trick, you have left yep. to help set up. So is Conchin two names? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> is it Conchin? Is that the case for all humans? Now she's asking Alaric. Okay. Alaric tells you, no, Kachin is, is his name. A lot of humans have just one name. Uh, okay. Westnoth, other than the horse clans, Westnoth, generally there aren't really clans around here. So people just have one name. They might use their profession as a second name to clarify. Okay. Like if there's more than one person with the same name in a town, then somebody might use a, a profession as a clarifier. But there isn't, is, how many words is Hepalonia? It's just one. Oh, so it was, it's not Hepa. Lonia? Because I've heard you being referred to as Tepa. Tepa's just shorter, so it's sort of a nickname. Ah, okay. Humans do that, too. Yeah, um, but but we don't have another name as well. It's just my mother chose to name my sister and I very long names. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Alex says he thinks his mother chose the most Westnoth-sounding name for him that she could find. He thinks maybe there was some, some knight or something with that name. It's one one letter off from Haldrick. <laughs> it's just pretty plain. Mothers put their aspirations on their children. Yeah, <laughs> I think she just wanted me to fit in, but I'm making my own life for myself. It's a nice bar. Or tavern, I guess. It's not called bars in this world. It's a tavern with a bar section to it. Yeah. <laughs> and a lodging house. It's a public house. Uh, so you're welcome to stay down here in the common room and have a drink, chat with other clients or whatever. Um, is is there anything else I can get for you, or do you? Is there anything else you'd like to drink now? Um, I did have something, but I wanted to ask. Actually, you might not know this. You like take out your map and spread it across. The... Here's what I want to know. No, actually, so this might be a bit of a long shot, but I understand that the there's a library. Oh, I just put intro to the library, but I didn't write down the Duke. <laughs> Earl is the name of the Earl. Of the I knew it was one of those. But I'm assuming you would need to get an introduction somehow. Do you know how how you would go about? So the lady of the city, Sabine, she's a scholar. Mm -hmm. And she keeps a lot of books and research materials and things like that. And that's all maintained at the tower. So maybe that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Also, the House of Light, they have a fair selection of books, I assume, related to healing or whatever Mages of the Light do. Okay. Um, I at least know somebody there. Are you, uh, hmm. I need you to make a streetwise check. Uh, I know that's not your strong suit, but he's trying to feel you out. It's, it's a matter of, I would like 
a check from you to see how savvy you are, and then right. I can communicate the appropriate information. Right, right, right. So he may pretty quickly be like, I don't think she's going to be able to bribe anybody to get in this place, you know. Cause... It's a matter of, too, of knowing, like, would you even want to bribe anybody, or is that, should he not even bring that up? Yeah. So two purples, and uh, there are plenty of, of story points if you want one. Um, should I use a story point? We got three available story points. Yeah, that's enough. On <laughs> two for whatever we're going to do later. Let's see if I can get the sense of whatever's going on. Two successes, but a threat. Okay. He tells you Hellas knows a lot more about the libraries than he does. and That's the threat, because she knows Hellas. That's not like her. <laughs> and oh, She's like, oh, for the white mages, she hasn't burnt that bridge yet. <laughs> <laughs> you succeed your streetwise check, okay? Okay. So what he's letting you know is... If you cannot gain access to the libraries through high social status or however one interacts with white mages, right. um, that Hellas knows a fair bit about the libraries as well and has them access to their information. So huh, okay. you understand that he is talking about something illicit. Right, right, right. And he is not, he doesn't judge, right? Like, right. For, from his perspective, using Hellas to get information to you is is a legitimate avenue. Right, right. Um, and he's essentially he's trusting you that he is letting you know that there's this means of information available. At the same time, he's also letting you know that like people of high social standing can request an audience with the Earl or like just talk to the Seneschal. Like there's avenues for seeking audience with somebody in the Earl's household. And because Lady Sabine is a scholar herself. Yeah. It's a matter of, like, submitting a request. But because this is in the middle of the festival, it's not like she's just hanging around in her tower doing research. She's watching the tournament next to her. Well, she's watching her husband compete in the tournament, but, you right. know, she's among the people right now. So actually, like, you know, maybe you could bump into her at the festival. Right. And, you know, maybe you have some way to segue into, you know, you're also a researcher or something like that. But also, the House of Light's got some books. It depends what you're interested in. Um, Alric is not literate, so he doesn't really know very much about what types of books are there. But, okay, so it is a little difficult for me to know if my status would be comparable here. I mean, my name is longer. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think that was my mother's point. And you do know that among elves, you are a child of right. nobility. But in elvish circles... That doesn't buy you terribly much other than your like privilege. Like, you know, you are not on the level of counsel. Right. You're not moving and shaking. You're not I, choosing a career. I also don't know that it would be I don't know like an elven culture if there's quite enough people that I couldn't go introduce myself to somebody on the council and be like, I'm interested in what you have in your library and they'd be like, Oh, young thing. You know or they might be like, I'm too busy for you. <laughs> yeah, or that, right. They might be just like, Oh, you're a lot like your father. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. You uh, you do come from a smaller society mm -hmm. and more dispersed. I mean, we don't have festivals like this. No, it's that graduation ceremonies that get ignored. They take forever. I think my mother would be the one competing, though. <laughs> All right, Trick, I need an athletics check from you. <sighs> and really, this is a matter of you know determining if you're already strained by the time your guests arrive. All right, mate, help me out here. Carries on these plates. <laughs> You're gonna trust the mate to help you. Here's the thing. He's got ranks in athletics. I don't. Oh. So mate is gonna keep your spirits up while you move tables around. <sighs> mate, mate is not actually going to haul plates around. For it you. seems like Cinderella. <laughs> She's like cleaning. I'll take a blue die for me. But he has two ranks. No, that you way. can use his ranks. Oh. And your attribute. This is only allowed because he's your animal companion. Yes, because I paid the, the talent. Well, he could be nudging you to, like, not let, not trip over things or, like, like, agility, like he could see if you're off balance and just kind of push, you know, give you a nudge. Not like he can help you like that, right. but he could kind of, like, correct your form. He, like, <laughs> flies in front of health to slow her down when she's moving the table too fast for you to keep up. Also, he's sitting on the table as we're moving it, but thankfully he doesn't weigh much. All right, is average, you said? Yeah, it's average. So, why is this table made of oak? <laughs> so, you failed. It, it's why not willow, or you, or pine, and like Trick ends up rattling off any number of other lighter woods. 
So it's a matter of you're setting up a dining room on the second floor of the house. And so you're actually like carrying a table upstairs. Oh, that's the worst. As well as carrying chairs upstairs. But what this means is like when your guests arrive, they can be ushered like immediately up the stairs. Yes. And like out of, so that they will not see what's going on inside the rest of the bar. I mean, because let's be honest, Terwain, also a pretty lawful person. Does she seem like a paladin? Is that why? Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. See where she's headed. Look, she's someone who's already, you know, that higher status, higher tier. She's a go-getter. Hepa, is there anything else you wish to do? Or are you going to, like, work on your map, or...? Yeah, I might as well do that. If we don't have a... I'm assuming we don't have a super long time... Yeah, then she's... If there's room... Yeah, like, she can... you can certainly, like, be, like, at the bar with your little book pages folded out in front of you, jotting down what Ulf was telling you earlier and, yeah. and things like that. And the bead... Yes. She might be marking down drinks while poor Ulrich is trying to get his work done. She's like, but where's this from? His work is socializing with his customers <laughs> while he serves them. So he is not irritated by that at all. And meanwhile, like, Trick, is there, you failed, so you are going to be starting two strain down for the social encounter of dinner. But you are working alongside Helis. Is there anything you want to ask her during the time that you are dragging things around? Does she know anything about the captain of the guard? Is how cool. How you're just like casually like. Well, like she's probably figured out or like so. Maybe the captain of the guard is gonna be up here tonight. Whew. You know, I had a discussion with her earlier today. I don't know if you know much about her that other people wouldn't. Maybe I don't know if you want a streetwise check. I think a streetwise check. Uh, how difficult is this? We're gonna say average. Okay. That is a failure with an advantage and a triumph. So she might not know anything herself. It's the streetwise that you failed. So this conversation is not going to go down the line of, well, I'm a criminal, and this is my view of it from a criminal's perspective. Right. But you have a triumph. So is there something else knowledge-wise, information-wise, that you would be interested in? Trying to sort out the right way to frame this, that it's it's not streetwise, but it's still knowledge that you gain in the situation. It wouldn't be related to Maeve. Okay, okay. That I think. So I'm it could be like over the course of your conversation as you're moving tables, something else that you could learn about. Okay. I mean she might talk about the House of Lights inside, since I think she Helleth had mentioned it a trick that like it is more than one way in and out of there. Okay. So you had been talking about how humans were great builders of buildings. Yes. And that was what she had she had kind of said was like, yeah. You you said the House of Light was very impressive and she was like not as impressive as you might think. So I think information that you could learn from her would be that the designer of the House of Light sometimes hangs out at this bar. The architect essentially. Right, right. And you know, she was maybe a little unfair when she like scoffed at the House of Lights, how good it was built. You know, that's not a very polite thing to do when like that person could be a patron, right? a customer nearby to hear in, and that it's not necessarily that it was poorly designed that makes it accessible. It may be more a matter of intentional. Well, that's a mite interesting. A back door, if you will. Yeah. Always good to have an escape plan. Um, I hear Gwedry's good at that. So <laughs> To get into the healing. Well, yeah. Yeah, so this architect, they're just known as the engineer. So if you're, like, poking around conversation-wise, talking about the House of Light, he knows a thing or two about it. All right. He's a pretty old fellow, though. I would imagine so. That building's close to 30 years old, right? Uh, that's probably not as old as that. It, it wasn't built immediately upon the war ending. Okay. Like, the town had to build up to a certain size. So that's what you get of benefit from your triumph. All right. And swipe to dinner time. The question in my mind is who arrives first, Terwain or Maeve? My opinion is I think it's likely Terwain arrives first because she doesn't have duties or things yes, like that. Yes, that is my suspicion as well. And she probably isn't as familiar with the reputation of the parting glass. Whereas Maeve will be on guard. So Hepa's been scribbling her notes down, writing uh, everything she's learned today. Trick has a brief time to clean himself up after all of his exertion, exertion but yeah. he has suffered too strain. Yep. 
you guys are down at the bar, the place is filling up more. Um, even though there is a festival going on. That just means more people. There's rumors of like a new storyteller in town. So people are, are showing up and... Well, that pressure's um, on now. There. Oh, that's you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was like, is there another one? Oh. We're a rival storyteller. Also, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the Manu clan. And Denter Wayne steps into the into the tavern. I assume not she is in not plate. In, she's not in plate, no. Uh, she is in a, a blue tabard, though. And she does wear her sword. Like, this is a medieval yep. place. Like, yep. she has somewhat unruly light brown hair that she has pulled back into a, a ponytail. Okay. Oh, sorry, a horse tail? Because she's tall. Because <laughs> her people have horses, whereas your people have ponies. Right. We're, we're of the pony clan. Yeah. <laughs> we are the pony lords. Listen up. She comes in, like, walks, like... Strides in. She, like, walks right up full of youth and confidence up to the bar, and she says, uh... Barkeep, I'm I'm here to meet Trick Manu. And she's uh, looking around, and uh, Alric nods his head towards the part of the bar where you are at, and asks her if he can get her anything while she's down here. Anything but the mountain tea, I recommend. <laughs> she just re- requests some sort of stout, and he pours her, pours her up, hands it to her, and then she comes around the bar to where you two are. Glad you could make it. It is good to see you again, Trick. Good to see you. Uh, you did. Hey, you did great in the joust. I made it through the first round, and next year I will make it further. I think so. I mean, it's not. I don't think uh, Gwedry and Owick are going to be putting up a. I don't think they're going to put up a tougher challenge next year. We do not always come to this festival. Ah, I didn't realize it. It depends what is going on in the horse plains. I'm glad things are sufficiently settled that you could come this year. Then. You appear to have a companion here. This is a. Uh, this is my cousin, uh, Hebelonia. Ah, then we are kin as well. Yes, it's my cousin. Pleasure to meet you. Dane Terwain. Please, just call me Terwain. Very well. It was a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Will you be participating in the Grand Melee tomorrow? Oh no, I'm not very good with the sword. Trick and tell, like, okay, yeah, these two people are the same soldier class. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we may have occasion to spar sometime while I'm in town. Oh, that would be wonderful. Hopefully Trick's I can give you enough of a challenge. Oh. There's got to be a set of like boring routines you have to go through. Proper <laughs> upbringing. Uh, there's this hold, and there's this hold, and there's this type of sword. He flashes back to like the dwarven, all the different kinds of blades. <laughs> Any collection of the same thing is dreadful. What is her? Well, she's wearing her sword. That is it. The same. I probably don't wear mine because it's not really a. Yeah, I mean it's you for travel, right? Yeah, you travel with it for like desperate safety. Right. Um, you had it this morning because you were in the duel, but I don't know. Yeah. There's no reason for you to have it just hanging around in the tavern. But it would be good learning, or good practice and good learning experience. Her right. sword is different from yours. They are both long swords, but right. it's crafted differently. Okay. Seems like it's the same basic structure or is it a different design? They're both edged similarly. It's okay. a matter of style. And, you know, you, you flash back to what the blacksmith told you in Undunben. Which is that, you know, elves are very swirly and fancy. Right. Human blades vary and stuff, but hers is definitely very practical. You know, if you ask to see it, like, she, she certainly can take it out. Yeah. You know, and she holds it in a in a manner that is indicating it's not going to be used for fighting. Right. Lest anybody get disturbed. Or cutting yourself. Yeah. Who you'd like to see? I'll show you right through. <laughs> um, oh, I'll piss somebody else off. <laughs> you can see it's used. This yeah. is not a showpiece. Like, it's got, you know, nicks and stuff. It's taken care of as well, but it's definitely seen use. Yeah, I mean, Hepa did see her ride at full speed towards another guy with a stick, a giant pointy stick. I'm sure she's not going to be afraid to wield a sword. But, oh, the design is a little bit different from mine. I wonder if your style, well, your style probably is. Well. And it's probably more educated. When we cross blades, then you will see what my style is. Like, perhaps you would like to meet tomorrow. Uh, sunrise, I have nothing planned, and the Grand Melee is not due to start until 10. That that would be wonderful. I look forward to it. Are you So you were fighting in the Grand Melee? Of course. So are you, forgive my ignorance, are, are you a warrior by trade? By Certainly. Class? I'm a knight. Okay. 
That lets it, so does she, she knows of the knights or whatever. You know that that is a, a type of, I'll say, professional where, not like a soldier, like, you right. know, you join an army, but like a knight is a, a class. Right. Know, a, well, like the scouts are kind of a, it's kind of a career, so. Yeah. Professional um, military rather than conscripted. Yes. Right. Oh, okay, right. Officer class. <laughs> Because she doesn't necessarily know that that might be more of the style of the joust and stuff like that. It's just not a thing that Peppa knows until somebody tells her. Okay, so you have an appointment at 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. I have a class with the night. Sunrise showdown. A master class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you agree on a location, like, on the fairgrounds? Yeah, she has a, a place she'd like. When she sees how little experience Heppa has, then okay. this is going to be purely learning for Heppa. It just has a totally different fighting style. Well, this is how she learned. Like, this, everything's a learning experience for her. Like, the tournaments and stuff, that's, like, for her, that's taking class. <laughs> Do you not... have a rank in melee? Yeah, I have a rank. Yeah, senior five. I mean, she's not, like, untested with it, but it's great for learning things. Very true. That sounds great. I do tell Twain, uh, we're waiting on one more person. Right. Have you met uh, Maeve? Captain of the Guard for Earl Gwedry? Of course. Okay. She should be coming tonight as well. She's also a close relative. Oh. Well, that makes sense. We are kin. Yeah. Do the Manu usually know each other? Is it a small enough, tight enough group? Or the the clans? Or is it often that you meet? Well, I know for Trick. <laughs> Trick Manu. Is it often that you meet people that you don't know that are of the clan, or do you already know everybody? I I only know members of the Manu who have had association with the horse clans. Oh, okay. Well, and Cersei's the blacksmith. He spent time among the horse clans as well. Yes, I, uh, I've i heard him say that uh, he's shot enough horses for five lifetimes. Indeed, there are many horses on the horse plains. It is how it gets its name. Yeah, tries a little bit of a adjust there. So do you learn, <laughs> if Trick Manu is not going to monopolize the conversation, why are you called the Horse Lords, if I may ask? Because we are the best at any sort of horsecraft that exists. Oh, so, so do you learn to ride really young? I learned to ride before I could walk. Ah, I Knew it. Or she might say, I suspected as much. Is this true of all of the horse clan? I suppose it depends on their parents' means and uh... Or the horse lords as well. Okay. Any skill you learn on foot can you do on a horse? Well, of course I can fight by sword on a horse, but I would prefer the lance under the right conditions. What uh I mean, one could cook on a horse, but this... Could could you dine? Well, well, yes, we certainly eat in the saddle when we are traveling long and hard. Could you drink mead on horseback without spilling any? I have never had mead. Oh, she's drinking a stout right now. That's right. I, I, then Trick would say oh, stout. Whatever, yeah, okay. Whatever she's drinking. But um, with the wine skin would... Yes, from a, from a skin is no problem. From a tankard, that might be more difficult. But there are certainly riders who can maintain such level that they would not spill a drop from a bucket. But if you had a lid... Would that not be cheating for the purpose of your question? I mean, would you have a lid if you're sitting down? But if, if you were sitting on a horse and you didn't want to spill your I feel stuff. like you could use a stirrup. That's the compromise. I feel that there are many things that one could do while standing on the ground that would be inconvenienced by being in the saddle. But that does not mean that horse riding is inferior <laughs> to water. <laughs> Mountain climbing, perhaps more difficult with a horse. Yes, a goat maybe would be better. Perhaps. But they cannot bear the weight. I mean, with a donkey it might work out. Yes. Yes, I agree with that assessment. Like, now would be a good time for Maeve to, okay. to come in while having an absurd conversation. Maeve enters. There is a matter in, of, incognito. of whether you notice her before she notices you. You seem to be caught up in a conversation and are not being particularly... If you'd like, I can make a vigilance check and fail horribly on it. I think a vigilance check would be fine. I mean, is she being sneaky? She... It would have to be social sneaky. Yeah, she's not creeping in, but she's also not coming in, like, full, like, uniform. She's going to slam the door open. So it might be versus her cool. She's got too cool. Yeah. I fail with two threats. Okay. 
Then my next question is whether Sir Wayne notices me if before. I feel like there's a better chance of that happening. What is her vigilance? I feel like she might be the kind of person with three will. She has only one vigilance though, so she's a yellow and two greens. You had two threats on yours? Yep. I'm engaging her in too much conversation. Okay. That is still a failure with one threat, courtesy my conversation. Okay. Neither of you two notice. Heppa, will you notice Maeve? Do you wish to make a vigilance roll? I mean, she's interested in things that are going on all over the place, so yeah, she might notice somebody okay. coming in. You're rolling against two reds, a purple, and a black. This you is... keep passing the threats forward into black dice. Yep. This is not a good idea for me to be rolling this. Now, whether or not I should roll is different from whether or not I did roll. But apparently I did succeed by some miracle. Okay, but how many threads are there? Oh, yeah. Let's let's just see. That's uh, three threads. She punches you. <laughs> That's how I notice her. You, you jerk. <laughs> I choke on my mead and it's like starting on my nose. Okay. So you notice Maeve. The door opens and Maeve is coming in and you see that there's actually like guards patrol people outside we're not coming in with her uh-huh. but it's clear like she like nods to them as she's coming in so there's like city guard type people posted outside this oh, establishment lucky Ulrich. that sounds like exactly, yeah, that's the exactly kind what of you thing. want yeah. and you succeeded your check you see Maeve she looks at trick she looks at her Wayne and then she like almost starts to turn around like to leave almost <laughs> And then she's like, no, I'm here doing this. And she like starts to approach. She So she has a falter. Yes. So what do I, am I taking strain or is that? You're not taking strain. Okay. The threats are consumed by like potentially the... inconveniencing things are afoot. Like, yeah. Even if you personally have not committed any crimes, you know, you have maybe some friends in this establishment at this point, And yeah, you the saw guards. that there's like city guards just outside and you're like. Okay. The situation is more threatening than it was. It would otherwise have been. You know, this might be the minute where Hepa kind of starts to realize just how illegal this place might be, or how under the table. Like I think that she's, she, you know, she's whatever ignorant or whatever. So I don't think she completely got like human laws and stuff. Like this is, I think it maybe that clicks a little bit for her. A yeah, little bit and more. perhaps especially because you did make that streetwise check earlier when talking with Alric. Yeah, yeah. You realize yeah. like, okay, right, like illegal things and. This is the captain of the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure what the, her relationship would be with legality, but trouble might be enough for her. She may not completely understand. That's true. Hepa doesn't like getting in trouble. Yeah. So she actually says, Mother. So I mean, yeah, I'm working on the story about Master Edward. Trip. What's going on? And she, in her mind, I think she's relating her to her own mother. So she's just like, Mother. If I take Strick a second to like um, his brain to one derail from that, catch um, up, and by the time he figures it out, oh Maeve's here. Oh. So you you turn and you see Maeve striding towards you. But not like the almost upbeat jovial stride that Trewayne came in morally. Nor. Not a scowl, but a perfectly neutral expression. She's dressed in I would say normal clothes for a person of some standing. She is not in any way uniformed. She's not, like, got her mail right. on and stuff. There's a mace at her side. There is a mace hanging at her side. And she has an extremely level expression as she comes up to you. Do you wait for somebody else to speak, or do you speak first? Do you jump on speaking, or does somebody else... It's like Trick's the kind of person to jump on speaking. Okay, jump on speaking then. Ah, you made it. Great. I got a survivor room all upstairs. We don't have to hang out down here. Okay. We can go right there. And Maeve turns to Terwain and says, you two have already met. And Terwain says, why, yes, we met this afternoon. What of it? Yeah, we, we met at the festival. She helped me out at the archery uh, competition. I waved around her banner, her favorite, at the joust. All right. Maeve is going to make a perception check, I think, against your cool. Go for it. Maeve is not the most perceptive person, but she's going to try to read you. She's going to upgrade. Curse you. She's got two threats, but she's got success. Do you wish to handle this dinner party as some sort of social combat in terms of like what you are trying to achieve from it? Does it matter here for her to take strain? 
we can play it that way. Trick doesn't have like super well-defined goals okay. for the for this. Then I won't play to this strain. Okay. I will play this as it's clear to you she was trying to get a read on you. Something about this situation is making her uncomfortable. But not like this, this is my estranged son. Like not right. that, right? You talked with her earlier. Something about this situation with Tareen being here is making her uncomfortable. Okay, that is curious to trick. But she was trying to like suss you out about something, kind of. Right. That's something about which trick is unusually relatively genuine. So he's thrown off, actually. Like, what's the problem? What's I mean, she could think it's an ambush because this is the. Oh yeah, that'd be a thing to do. <laughs> yeah, let's take it. Take us up to the room. <laughs> Her interpretation might be like, Trick doesn't realize this is an ambush. I will not tell you what her interpretation right. is. You might think she's worried about an ambush. You think something something is upsetting her, and if that's how Trick wishes to interpret it, that's fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we can all end upstairs. I think the, the meal should be ready. All right. So you start to funnel upstairs, and Heba comes along and may pauses. And is like, well, you haven't met. This is my cousin Hevelonia. I apologize. It was a pleasure to meet you. Ah, you're of House Thrandalil. I don't know if you knew him. You're a relative of Anadur's? No, Nasir is my uncle. Ah, right. <laughs> mm. Right. So she's actually joking. She, she like like swallows like a laugh. She's got to work on her man. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly she doesn't seem so much like my mother. I was a little bit intimidated. The thing is, she still finds it laughable, like her and this year. Ugh. <laughs> um, but, like, she doesn't say that. But she swallows the, the laugh at the reminder. And then goes upstairs with you guys. That's the second time she's heard this name, Anadir. Sorry, it was Anadir. Anador. Anador. Oh, because cousin. I, it just occurred to me because I was like, who is this? And, like, why would she think... Ah, but that's information for Hepa. Yeah. Because all you knew from Trick was that Inador was some name he was asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, you know what? And it may be something that at some point it'll click for her, but... So that's another... Yeah, that was another time she's heard the name. listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studio's Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized, narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.